Welcome to this edition of Scratch the Track with Paul Jones on Bootleggers Music Group Radio. What you're about to hear is the recorded version of what we talked about with Steve Schmidt on Scratch the Track. His track, You Can Always Come Back Home, was released in 2022. And you can find that on Spotify under Steve Schmidt. So here you go, uninterrupted. This is how it went today. Welcome to Bootleggers Music Group. Bootleggers Music Group Radio. This is Paul Jones coming to you live on Race Road in the studios uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. It is uh, 10.02 a.m. on 8.24.22. We're uh, sitting here and we're going to have a discussion with uh, my new friend, Steve Schmidt. Say hey, Steve. Hi. There you go. That was good. That was I'm good. good. Yeah. yeah. Steve, uh, Steve and I just uh, recently met uh, about uh, maybe almost uh, the first almost, part of the month. About a month ago. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, we actually connected through uh, Craigslist, looking for music for the radio station. If you've been listening to the radio station, you've uh, heard some of Steve's music up there. And we're going to have a little discussion uh, on the Scratch to Track with uh, uh, Steve about one of his uh, tracks and uh, go from there. But uh, first, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play a song that we of ours, uh, Save My Soul. This thing has uh, been doing really well. We're at 141000 on Spotify, so thanks for supporting us there and we would like to see that thing smack about 200,000 and uh, then we'll go from there. So right now, uh, Save My Soul. Save my soul From the devil's tired grip Save my soul I've not lived 
Save My Soul. That one, uh, if you've heard me talk about that song, I was just telling Steve while we were off the air that uh, uh, we actually have a version of that, and I might punch that up a little bit later on, I don't know, but uh, we have a version of that that's got this intro in it that really sounds like I'm almost Beelzebub. It's got, it's got fire, it's got brimstone, it's got chains, it's got... Uh, 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 basically, it, it sounds wicked, but it adds about a minute and a half to the song, and when we released it, we thought, well, you know what, we better might want to cut that down just a tad, uh, because on the end, uh, when Ulrich Ellison is the one who produced that, and if you go to the uh, website uh, or you're in the app, you can uh, see who I'm talking about here at the Meet the Bootleggers uh, page, uh, but in there, uh, Ulrich called me, and he really wanted to do that ending that way. You know, he's like, Paul, I'm going to end up and you're just going to be in a rocket ship. And then all of a sudden you end up at a campfire. And so that's how he ended yeah. up doing it. But we're sitting here. This is Paul Jones with Bootleggers Radio. And uh, this is uh, Scratch the Track with uh, Steve Schmidt. Steve, say hello again. Hello again. And there he goes. All right. <laughs> Steve is uh, from Cincinnati, right? I'm you're, you. you're from Cincinnati. From Cincinnati? Oh, if, oh, Hamilton, actually. Oh, okay. All right. You need a little more volume in I your do, uh, headphones? Yeah. How's that? Uh, is that's it, better. Is yeah. that better? All right, great. So, uh, Steve is uh, from uh, Fairfield? Hamilton. Hamilton. Uh, so, Hamilton, Fairfield area. And uh, you've been playing music how long? Oh, Lord, 65. 65 years? Well, you've been playing music? So, no, or that, you're 65. No, I, I'm actually, I'm 71. Yeah, 71. I've been playing since I was 14, so that's okay. about 1965. Okay, since 1965, yeah. all right. And uh, so that makes me feel a tad younger. I was born in 64, bit. so I was one year, I was one year <laughs> old. And, yeah, great. And uh, your primary instrument's uh, the bass, right? Bass, correct. Okay, are you all over the spectrum? Do you, do you play other instruments? I can play some keyboards, really not that much anymore. I never was really what you would call mm -hmm. uh, a, a solid keyboard player. But I used to, when I was working uh, hotel bands and show bands, I would double on keys, play left-handed bass, and but basically just chord and organ or a string machine. Okay. Never really, you wouldn't call me a virtuoso by any stretch. Right, right, right. And for those that uh, might be just tuning in uh, and uh, hadn't heard, uh, Steve and I actually uh, met through uh, Craigslist, which kind of sounds kind of perverted to some people, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have met so many cool people from Craigslist. It's amazing to me. And I do caution, warning, warning, warning. Uh, you know, before you meet people, you might want to have a conversation and stuff like that, depending. But when I'm looking for musicians or uh, looking for music or something like that, uh, I have used Craigslist and it's actually worked out for me every single time. Yeah. I have met some of the coolest people. Um, as a matter of fact, Kirk, uh, our uh, uh, steel, new steel guitar player, I met through Craigslist. I met a gentleman uh, by the name of uh, Steve. Steve Colonel, who's playing guitar for us, Danny Kaiser, who's playing guitar for us uh, through Craigslist. And, um, you know, it, it, it's really weird how people come together. So we were looking for some music, some new music to play uh, on the radio station. And uh, Steve, uh, I put a, a little ad up there that uh, said, hey, we're looking for music and also uh, possibly uh, to produce some other music. As uh, all you know, we're multi-genre. And uh, Steve Bam comes into our life, and we met, and he's a cool dude. And uh, I thought I'd have him in, and we're gonna talk about one of his uh, one of his tracks called uh, "You Can Always Come Back Home." But first, uh, so tell me a little bit about your story on uh, your journey with music. Well, you know, like so many at my age, you know, Beatles, Stones, all that, you know, just got everybody. In that mood, everybody I knew was playing guitar. And I talked my parents finally into letting me buy a $28 Stella acoustic guitar. There you go. <laughs> I had it two months, and 
it just wasn't good enough. I needed to go electric. Right. So my next step was a was a K double pickup guitar with a K amplifier. Okay. And off I was running. Yeah. And uh, play guitar through oh to my early twenties when I was about twenty two twenty three. Uh, made the switch to bass. An opportunity came up to play with some people and. They needed a bass player, not another guitar player. Okay. And uh, I made the switch and pretty much worked ever since. Right, right. So, and then, uh, so, um, was music your uh, career? Pretty much. Uh, I did get out of it for a period of years. Uh, I was in business, owned uh, some coffee shops and done some other things. Okay. Uh, I was in the real estate business and financial business. Uh, and I actually went through a divorce okay. and I had raised my kids and everything by that point in time and uh, I was out of the business and I just found myself needing something to do and yeah. I really got back into it as uh, just a hobby right and because uh, I was finding myself in bars and drinking too much, and I figured I better stop this or it's going to kill me. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I'll play music. Yeah. A couple yeah. of times a month. Okay. Something to do. Took over. Yeah, again. right, right. So, yeah, and, and it's been great. I've been, yeah. I've been having the time of my life. Uh, you know, it, it got old six nights a week back right. when I got out playing bars same thing over and over mm-hmm. and over. Yeah. And I thought, well, if this is all the farther it's going to go, yeah, maybe it's time just to move on with life. So I did. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, getting back into it, uh, I've met so many new people and so many new experiences. And yeah. uh, the COVID lockdown, I, I started really getting into writing. and Right. That's been that's been a, a a reoccurring theme with people that I've talked about, and you know I'm I'm really blessed. We have I, I have a lot of most of the people that I have met through this experience with me because mine you know my story and most people do you know with the way our company was uh, you know basically deemed non essential and uh, mm-hmm. you know I that's how I got back into really doing what I'm doing now. I mean I started playing prior to that, and then when the lockdowns came bam we're not even allowed to go play anywhere because daddy dewine tells us you know we gotta we can go to walmart past 10 but we gotta be home and yeah. or whatever and uh yes that was a political jab at daddy dewine if uh, daddy dewine is listening you're but, pathetic so about anyway. the only good thing that happened from covid for music is mm-hmm. the fact that most of these places now don't go to two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We do a lot of places where we're playing more, yeah. more restaurant type places, and you play seven to ten. And yeah, yeah. it's it's an you can go out and have fun, do it, and uh, yeah. you're home in bed at a decent hour, and you're not out with the crazies. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they um, getting back getting back to that time frame is you know when you said you started really kind of writing. Um, uh, if if I remember the conversation, that's when you started kind of getting back into writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was during and, the COVID, and that's period. reoccurring. I mean, there's been a lot of great music put out by yeah. a lot of artists, whether unknown or known, because that's really all you could do. Uh, you're right about that. I mean, there were no shows, there were no live yeah. shows. Yeah, you know, they were locking us down for everything. Yeah, and uh, you know, fortunately, we've all come out of this pretty good. Most yeah. of us have, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, life's getting back to normal, I think. Right. Well, we would hope so. You know, yeah. we would hope so. You and I've talked about that, and we'll save that for another day on uh, on this uh, <laughs> on this uh, uh, platform. But uh, yeah, I uh, I know for myself, you know, we did heck. We we uh, took dictation. We wrote ninety over ninety songs wow. in eight months. I mean, in in eight months, and then we tracked a lot of tracking happened. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot. There's been a lot of releases. Uh, you released yours in 2022, right? Correct. And the name yep. of your album, just so everybody knows? Getting Old is Killing Me. Getting Old is Killing Me. Yeah, we're going to play that song. I think I got that punched up. Yeah, we're going to actually play that song. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go through uh, uh, You Can Always Come Back Home, which uh, that, that song kind of just struck me, and uh, we'll get involved in that uh, here in a minute. Um, you are playing 
now what a couple nights a week or uh yeah i'll play with a band called fat chance okay. uh, keyboard player guitar player both on the cd okay um it's just a you know just a dance band uh yeah cover band okay also played uh for the last seven years i've been playing with a band called jose madrigal it's a santana tribute show okay and we've been doing this like i said seven years unfortunately it's going to come to an end uh our last show is september 2nd where's that going to be that's at mount healthy city park it's a free concert they have a real nice little pavilion there amphitheater uh room for probably four or five hundred people uh, they bring their lawn chairs, sit out, and it's a, roughly about a hour and a half, two hour show. So that's the uh, Friday before mm, Memorial, Memorial Day. Day, Labor yeah. Day, Labor Day, Labor yeah. Day, Labor Day. Okay, so yeah, actually, it's the last uh, show of the summer for them at that okay venue. All right, and then uh, and it's coming to an end because your guitar player, I think you said, is retiring. Or? No, we just. Uh, the COVID really kind of killed it. You know, we we lost a whole year's worth of shows, and I don't know if it's we're in the wrong area. It's just the Santana thing never took off the way we thought it would. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. such great music, but it didn't have the popularity for tribute bands as a Journey band or right. an ACDC band or, right. or, or Beatles band. You know, those yeah. kinds of tribute acts work all the time. The the Santana was a little more of a, oh, I don't want to say refined, but more of a select audience that, right, right, right. that appreciated what Carlos did. And, yeah. Uh, but it's it's not as widespread of an audience base yeah. as, say, a journey would be. Right, right. Well, COVID killed a lot. That's, it did. That's one thing for sure. People don't really understand. And, and you know, I encourage everybody, you know, make sure that when you are on, if you're using, like, the Spotify's and the streaming services, you know, uh, and I'm, I am going to get on a little soapbox here for a minute um, because this conversation comes up often with uh, artists, especially uh, new artists, you know. It's one thing that you're paying nine dollars and ninety five cents, or you got your free subscription, and you're streaming music. But if you see those icons on those pages, or you got an opportunity to to buy Steve's music, then buy Steve's music. Buy it. Spend the nine bucks, or spend the ninety nine cents on iTunes or something. I would prefer. That's why I asked you about a website. You know, we prefer to do it through our website because those services not only are raping us on our streams. You know, Spotify is paying point zero 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 four on a stream. People don't understand that. I mean, it costs number one. It costs a lot of money to produce music. Sure, it it costs a lot of money to produce music, and then the people that are doing it, unless you're out there working and humping, you're not making really anything. So it would be a nice gesture to say, hey, thank you, um, somehow, whether it's a PayPal thing or sending some money or buying the CDs. So when you're on Spotify, I know this because everybody knows I'm uh, totally against social media. Uh, we're on all the streaming services, but uh, Spotify is what we concentrate on. And we have the icon there. Yeah. Um, Steve's music, you can go to on iTunes and the other things, go ahead and buy the music. So because uh, it did, I mean, it, it really devastated a lot of artists. I mean, like devastated them. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Take Delbert McClinton, for example. He stopped touring. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't go back out anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and uh, so that's kind of devastating to the music community. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually play uh, Getting Old is Killing Me. And then we're going to come back with Steve Schmidt. And we're, we're going to jump into You Can Always Come Back on uh, Scratch the Track. And we're going to talk to him about this song, where it came from, what he was trying to get to there. It, it, he's told me the story uh, paraphrased and uh, so we're just going to dive into it a little bit more so here's Steve Schmidt we'll be right back and uh, this is getting old is uh, killing me now you just you just released this in 2022 yeah it came out uh, in May did you write it during uh, the pandemic or did you is this Actually, an older song this song we'd been doing for 10 years oh okay uh, great I, I went through about with with cancer Okay. And uh, so I, I'm a 10-year survivor of cancer. Well, congratulations on and, that. But I, I just happened to mention talking to somebody one day, and we were talking about getting old, and I said, yeah, getting old's killing me. And I thought, 
That sounds kind of good. How many times does that happen, man? (laughs) Just a conversation. I sat down and wrote it and uh, Um, played it for the guys. They liked it, and we've been doing it ever since. Great. Now, uh, who are we going to hear on this? Uh, On this song, um, Bob Kennedy is on it playing keyboards. Bob's been around a long time. I've been playing with Bob for the last 11, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we played together in the Santana Project uh, in a band called Balderdash. It's mm-hmm. an, an old Cincinnati know band. That. I know it. Fat Chance. Uh, Cincinnati's did. got tons of music, man. Oh, there, there's so many great players around. So, yeah, I just got off the phone uh, when you came up. I was talking to uh, Bob Barnett, who's got a new book out, and uh, he's he's meandered around the music business. He was talking about Bootsy Collins and stuff like that. I mean, we got a rich heritage here, which oh, a yeah. lot of people in Cincinnati don't, especially young people, they don't know. No, they don't. A lot of good stuff. You know, it's nice that they're they're trying to bring back the King King Records yeah. legacy. Yeah, I was just telling Bob, my father used to record down there. Wow. So, yeah, my father used to record. And, uh, well, it's not only that. I mean, there was Counterpart. Uh, oh, God. Uh, I think Fraternity was here yeah, as well. Yeah, Fraternity so, was here. You know, there, there was a lot happening in Cincinnati. Yeah. And a lot, a lot Jewel, of Jewel, right? Jewel. Jewel was another Jewel, one, yeah. yeah. So there, there's a lot of players that come out of here. Of course, probably the most famous is Lonnie Mack. But, mm-hmm. but Troy Seals, Bo Dollar, uh, just numerous people who... Yeah. who made their mark and yeah yeah a lot of great uh you know people will look at like austin or they'll look at like you know they'll look at the um you know in in, in washington state and things like right and, and they don't understand they're they, and we're talking history we're talking heritage we're talking uh the beginnings yeah of rock and roll of the blues you know a mecca of blues players and well you go back to, to 69 70 71 in that era you know the lemon pipers come out of cincinnati yeah. balderdash the band i was in for 10 years they were supposed to be the next big band to come out of cincinnati mm-hmm. and they were doing it they mm-hmm. they were they were opening they opened for emerson lake and palmer frank zappa mountain traffic yeah just tons of people the almond brothers they right. did a bunch of shows with the almond brothers right. you know Whatever happened back then, I don't know. Uh, There's many stories. But, uh, you know, it eventually got back together, and I ended up in the band, and it was a great experience. Yeah. Well, here we go, man. Steve Schmidt, getting old is killing me. Here you go. We'll be right back in uh, three minutes and 36 seconds. I get up in the morning, I got pain down deep in my knees. I said, I get up in the morning, I got pain down deep in my knees. I hate to admit it, but getting old's killing me. I used to stay out, you know, and drinking most every night. Just didn't seem to do my body right If I'd have been thinking clearly I might have seen things in a different light I take a pill for my arthritis Another to help me sleep I'm watching my blood pressure load I don't need it to peak I don't remember what I'm doing My eyes are failing me Speak up when you're talking I don't hear what don't you see You know I don't think I like the message That my father's sending me Lord, I hate to admit it But getting old's killing me
Knowles killing me. Steve Schmidt getting old is killing me. <laughs> That's a smoking tune, man. I, Thank you. You, you got to, uh, I love your voice. I think I told you that. I just, uh, you know, it's very unique and, uh, you know, you know, it's you. That's for sure. Well. It's me anyway. <laughs> no, you know, it's you. I think you got to, you know, it's uh, like uh, our bass player, Roger Tiny Coors, you know, on Beer Boats and My Baby is uh, the first track he actually sang with us or sang. And we did kind of like a duetty thing. And I, he, he can't, he says, I, you know, I can't sing. I'm like, dude, you got, it's a, that's unique. I mean, you know, you listen to music today and they all sound freaking the same. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, they all sound. I don't know. Yeah, I did. I didn't sing much when I was younger, and I didn't really have a lot of confidence in my voice. And yeah, as uh, actually, when I came out of retirement and started playing again, people started telling me they liked my voice, and I started getting more and more encouragement and yeah. more and more confidence in what I did. And, I, you know, and the thing about like your voice, my voice, Roger's voice. Um, as long as you stay in tone, right? As, right. as long as you're not pitchy, uh, you should be able to sing for the rest of your life. I th- yeah, you're right. You're right you know, the, I, my biggest concern in doing the CD was, uh, you know, will people get tired of my voice? That was yeah. You know, so I, 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 I think everybody says that, right? I mean, I uh-huh. even found myself like with our music and stuff that we're doing is, you know, eventually. But you know, did people get tired of? Have people gotten tired of Mick Jagger's voice? No. The music's the music, right? It is. I mean, you're listening to an artist because you're either drawn to their music, you're drawn to the sound, the beat, the whatever, but, you know, that's part of the deal. John Mellencamp's John Mellencamp. To me, a lot of the songs I write is is about the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, you can always come back home. So when when Steve and I met, so I'm talking to Steve Schmidt, if you just uh, tuned in. And I uh, see that uh, we've had quite a few people just tune in. And uh, when um, when we met, uh, Steve sent me, I, I actually went to his Spotify page, started listening uh, to his music, and you can tell you're a story writer, which all, all songwriters are story writers. Sure. But, you know, certain people go to a different depth level, I think. Um, you know, and you can tell your music has a, you know, a little deeper meaning in some right. of the songs, just like mine, just like everybody else's. So, um, you can always come back home kind of struck me. And, uh, so tell me, tell me a little bit about that song. When did you write that? Well, I wrote that about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I sat down to write it, I, I didn't know where it was going to go. What I, what I was trying to do was, there, there's a song that was originally done by the Coasters, Ray Charles copped it. The, probably the biggest uh, um, recognition is from Joe Cocker. Mm-hmm. This is the song, Let's Go Get Stoned. Right. And I wanted a song with that kind of feel, and I wanted a, a kind of a gospel choir background. Right, right, right. Um, I accomplished that part. Uh, when I sat down and started writing this song, it didn't come out quite the way I thought. <laughs> I had no idea what the song was going to be about until I wrote the first lyric, the first line of the lyric, which has been, been five years since you've been gone. Okay. Not a word to know just how you've... So, uh, and it just started taking a turn to my youngest son. Okay. Right. And uh, we, it had been five years since I had talked to him. Okay. We had a, an estranged relationship. Uh, we've all made life choices that we come back to regret mm-hmm. uh, that were not the right choices to make. And he was making choices that, while it's not my place to say, right, you shouldn't do this because he's... It's his life. Right. And, but I didn't, didn't agree with it. Right. And, uh, but still he's my kid. Right. And I'm always going to love him. It's a double edged, uh, sword, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation, uh, yesterday with a, a buddy of mine on this same thing. Who's got a situation with one of his children and, you know, it's hard to watch and right. you don't agree. And it's just like society in general. Yeah. Um, you know, probably one of the, 
it sounds like to me did you basically said you know i don't agree but go, we can get along go do what you do yeah <clears throat> yeah it's your it's your life you know nobody has the you right be you to tell somebody else how to live their life as long as they're not hurting other people. And and hence the problem that we're facing in our world today. Yeah, Everybody yeah. thinks they have a right to yeah. to get involved. Yeah. You, you know, know and, and you have the right to live your life the way you like. I don't have to agree and I don't have to be supportive of it, but right. I have no right to tell you to stop. Right. At least that's how I feel about right. it. And, right. Yeah, I mean we have touched back together. We've developed our, our relationship again. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's still a little like walking on eggshells. Was but, was the getting back together, did music, was that a catalyst to that? No. Um, was this that, song, did this song play a part in it? He has heard the song okay. and he commented it, that he liked it. He, he, As I said, well, you should. It's really, it's about you. Right. And he said, I didn't want to presume that, but he kind of felt that. Right. So, uh, but we, we had started talking beforehand. Okay. And, uh, you know, he just called me out of the blue. I, I think he actually called me on my birthday to, to, to wish me happy birthday, which was okay. the first time he had done that in a while. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's nice. I know where he's at. I know he's in a safe place. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, and he knows you're there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and it yeah. just is, you know sometimes it you know I have this I can't tell you how many times I have this conversation. Now to me it's always odd. Usually something tells me, and I know who something is. It's my God tells me mm-hmm. hey, call this person or text this person or reach out to this person, and it always tends to end up being on a good side. Yeah, you know because I've had those relationships where I've, I'm in the middle of one right now. I you know I haven't talked to my brother. Seven years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you try to reach out and try to reach out and do what you can. But uh, um, yeah, it seems like the older we get, the more we reflect on. on well, we get it. We yeah. understand it. Yeah. We know it. I had this conversation yesterday where I was speaking with the with the Kiwanis Club. I said, you know, the average age in the room was probably 75. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, guys, we know. I mean, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Is we know it's we're not on the we're not on the we're not climbing up the hill (laughs) some of us are sliding our asses down real fast (laughs) and uh and and you know i'm blessed by my situation of almost dying three times i i get it right it it could happen in a minute and thank god your son did reach out you know yeah and uh, i'll see him uh in November, I'll see all three of my kids. It'll be the first time my my three kids have been together with me, and include and my ex wife for that matter. Wow! Uh, so it's something from my daughter. Yeah, and uh, it'll be the first time in probably ten years I've had them all together at one time. Wow! So, Thank you, Jesus. That that will be amazing. Yeah, you know that'll yeah, be will. amazing. So, and it's funny when you you know my older brother and I were estranged for about five years. And, uh, you know, it's so humanity, humans are so weird, man. We're just weird. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, as a matter of fact, the conversation Bob and I were having is very relevant. And if Bob is, um, if Bob is listening, uh, I'm going to bring up what we were talking about, Bob. He was talking about, um, and make sure Bob, you can text me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, hell, you can even call me. Um, the Hindus, okay, so Bob is married to a uh, woman from India. I'm, I'm pretty sure I get this correct, and I, I don't want to go into how we met uh, here, but <clears throat> he was saying that the Hebrews, prior to Jesus, had no concept of forgiveness, of, no, of forgiveness, really? right, yeah. until Jesus came, okay? And so it's amazing to me what could transpire with you and your family and what took place with me and my brother, because that's really what had to happen mm-hmm. in order to get and move forward. Otherwise, it would have been nothing. And uh, so uh, Bob said he is listening. And did I get that right, Bob? So and you can call me, too, <laughs> man. You, you can you can call me. I'll put you right on here with me and Steve. So you can always come back home. 
started the ride itself. Yeah, pretty basically much. is what you're saying. Yeah, the, the more I, the more I delved into it, and the more I started remembering, you know, things that happened and mm-hmm. tried to incorporate it into song. And and I almost didn't put it on the CD because it's kind of a personal song. But it's a it's a hard call, isn't it? Yeah, when you write one that. And really, I mean, it's it's about an estranged relationship with my son, but it could be about any parent-kid well, relationship. I, as sure as I'm sitting here, you can play the song, and yeah. there's people who are going to relate in all kinds of different ways. Yeah, they'll relate to it in different ways. They'll right? relate to it, in, but there's many people that are just like you that have a really a strange relationship with a child of you know one of their children it's kind of natural i mean you know i was the i was the rebel without a cause when i was young yeah so i understand yeah the choices that he's made right i don't agree with it like i said but right. you know my parents didn't agree with my choices either right right and and at the end of the day you know to me because i can you know i always tell people i don't really have any regrets in my life i i, I mean i really don't i there's only there's only a couple instances and that includes you know like i've done bad stuff i i mean i've not been like you said we've all done our stuff i wouldn't take any of them back even the journey that your son and you are having it to me to me it's part of a plan. Sure. You know, and if, as long as you learn from. It, yes. And like you said, as long as you're not outwardly, you know, hurting and killing somebody, raping somebody, blah, 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 stealing yeah. their money. You know, you know, it's all part of the plan. And that's how you ended up in this seat today. Right. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. Everything that took place during the pandemic. and Everything you lo- happens for a reason. If you don't believe that then that is a problem. I personally think that's a problem. I don't really care what someone's faith level is or what their belief system is, but I do believe if you just think we're here just free for all, holy crap, just do whatever the hell you want, and you have no plan, then, man, that to me is a sad existence. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Because I find personal solace in knowing that even the bad things... um there's got to be there's there's a reason and usually in my lifetime in my 58 years i have found that especially right now they are exposing themselves god is has he's built a resume for me right you know do you feel the same yeah yeah you know, abs- you know i mean every every there's things I probably should not have been able to walk away from in my past. Without a doubt. But I did. <laughs> Somehow I got through it. And, you know, the good, the bad that's happened to me is, uh, I don't know, it, I learned from it all, I think. Well, it's, it's who you are. Yeah. It, you know, when people say it, it's so easy, and I'll go back just just to touch it. it. You know, like for 15 months, I sat and just wallowed in my sorrow. I, you know, I think I told you, you know, sitting on the deck, getting drunk, getting drinking here, just feeling sorry for myself. And man, that didn't serve me at all, or yeah. did it? <clears throat> well, you're, you're or right. did mean, it? You know? Yeah. Or did I, it? Maybe it did. Did I have to go through that? Well, and, that, and that, I find solace in that. Yeah, Steven. I mean, like I said, when I went through my divorce, I just found myself drinking entirely too much, and I knew nothing good was going to come from that. Right, and that's what brought me back to playing again. Yeah, yeah, and, and, it, and it's the best thing that's happened to me. Yeah. So, how long? Once you hit, I'm always curious. So, uh, you know, when I write, uh, and I my methodologies are pretty simple. I I try to listen uh, to what I'm being told. And uh, I write down, I don't know if, I'm sure you do the same thing. I, I write down story ideas, song ideas, title ideas. Yeah. I get behind a piano and I just start tinkering or pick up the guitar or whatever. Uh, but do you find, what comes first to you? Is it the melody it depend, or the... It depends. Sometimes it's a melody idea I, I, I come upon. Sometimes I have an idea for a, for a lyric and I build around that and then it's fine to feel that I think fits the lyric. Mm-hmm. So, are you are you able, to, or, uh, like in, uh, you can always come back, and you may have said this, and I apologize if I missed it, 
what what came did you have the melody to this i started putting the melody together first because i had the feel of let's go get stoned gotcha wanted, okay yeah so you did that say background that, yeah. oz and ooze uh you know mm-hmm. like a, like a gospel choir okay and that was you know the feel i was looking for and then the lyrics came and and it tweaked as i went through changing things and okay. to fit um it's it's one of the songs. I mean, it's it's basically a four chord progression, but it's got a lot of other things thrown in. Right. But and it's probably the most complicated song on the CD. Okay. Which for a bass player to write, it's a little, yeah. you know. But so you're writing on the guitar. I'm right. I write on keyboards. I write on guitar. Okay. Uh, something. I even write on bass sometimes. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I tell you what I want to do real fast is uh, I'm going to play this. You can always come back home. We're talking to Steve Schmidt uh, from uh, Hamilton. Right. And uh, uh, been around for since 1965 playing music. And uh, we met on Craigslist, and, uh, which I know sounds kinky, and, uh, but uh, we did. And I'm blessed uh, to have him come into our lives, and we look forward to doing a bunch of stuff with Steve but uh, we're going to play uh, You Can Always Come Back Home by Steve Schmidt. And uh, then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about it. And then we'll let uh, Steve get on with his uh, day. So this is uh, You Can Always Come Back Home. Steve, I am going to ask, is there anything you want to add before they listen? No, not really. All right. Here we go. Uh, you Can Always Come Back Home uh, by Steve Schmidt. Is that I 
You Can Always Come Back Home by Steve Schmidt, who is actually sitting in the studio. Hey, uh, Steve Schmidt Trio, was that you? No, that's that's the other Steve Schmidt. Okay, I, I, Bob, uh, uh, Bob just Bob uh, just texted me. No, and he I said, said remembering the Steve Schmidt Trio and uh, WNOP. He is he is a keyboard player, phenomenal keyboard player. Yeah, okay. You know, we I, I know Steve. You know, we and every time I, I get introduced to somebody who's who who knows I'm a musician, and, and they say, this is Steve Schmidt, and, and their eyes will light up, and I'll immediately yeah, yeah. say, no, I'm the other one. Right. <laughs> the other Steve. I'm, I'm the formerly known as, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, excuse me. Uh, you can always come back home. So, uh, man, that, that is a really cool tune. It's, it's different. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you'd call it. I guess it's blues. I'd probably I'd probably put that in the yeah, genre of blues. It's, it's just like a, a blues swing almost. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little different. Uh, my friend uh, Jan Deal played saxophone. On I was that. just I was just getting ready to uh, ask you again. Yeah. And uh, so uh, and and the name again? Jan Deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jan's on a lot of your tracks, right? He's on a couple tracks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's a good sax player. Uh, good bass player too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sings good. Uh, right. His wife uh, Elaine Deal, who was with a band called Elaine and the Biscaynes. Yeah, I remember ago. Elaine and the Biscaynes. She and she sings in our Santana tribute. Show. You know, we need to get get her in here. Yeah, she's get uh, both in here. Yeah, they do. They have a a little jazz trio. They do. It's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I would love to to because God, I remember uh, what would that have been in nineties, right? Eighties. Elaine and the Biscaynes. Yeah, they they were. I'm thinking 80s. Is yeah, when I think the 80s real is when they were real, the real popular, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Right at, uh, around my graduation time and then uh, when I got back from the Air Force and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, So uh, let's talk about your song here. So uh, you got a favorite line in there? In that song? Mm-hmm. Probably, probably a father's love never grows old. Right. Okay. Yeah, because you... You're always gonna love your kids, no matter what. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Good or bad. It's and the sad thing is, it's hard for them and us when we were kids to understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, same thing with you know. To me, uh, my buddy Wayne, um, brother Wayne, who's involved in obviously the project, he's uh, co-founder of the Bootleggers. Um, you know, has always stressed out with me, you know, especially during the dark times, people need to understand your father will always love mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, does that one, to me, the song would be, uh, do you play, you play it live? No, no, yeah. it's, it's not one we're doing at the moment. It, it would be a hard one for me to get It would get be hard for through. me to sing and play that bass line at the same time, <laughs> tell you that. What is that with the bass, man? I mean, I can sing and play the guitar, sing and play. Hell, I can sing and play the violin. Mm-hmm. But when I play the bass, I can't sing a lick. Why, why is it? I, I don't know. I mean, it's not. I mean, I, I do okay singing and and playing some intricate bass lines, but that one's pretty pretty involved yeah yeah so i i meant in terms of like i've got songs that i just can't even get through well we, emotionally we were, like emotionally i can't even i can't sing them without that, starting that, to yeah, cry and that might be a little hard too we, we have a song uh on the cd it's called um don't waste your time no more it's a slow blues song mm-hmm. and for some reason when we play it live i just have a hard time singing it it's not a hard song the bass line is not that hard it's it's a standard slow blues song but it was so much easier singing it in the studio without yeah. having to play yeah so yeah, yeah i i don't even know if we're going to keep doing it live <laughs> yeah 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 I, I i know for my myself i mean I, like i can sing and play the drums like i said sing and play drums sing and play the piano sing and play the violin which is one of the toughest things I ever te- had to teach mm-hmm. myself, uh, and I I don't know, it's probably the same correlation, I guess maybe with the bass and the the yeah. vibe between the bass and the vibe. Your brain's doing just too many things. Well, like when you're playing guitar, you're strumming a chord a lot of mm-hmm. times. With the bass, you're playing a pattern. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You're trying to sync it with the drummer and. Right. 
So I, I don't know. Some some things I can do. Some things I can't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So your uh, the process of writing a song. You know, you said like you in this case you came up with the melody. Um, then you got your first line. The song t- starts to take a personality. Did you know? Do you do? Do you find yourself doing a lot of uh, a lot of edits after you've completed a, yeah. a song? Yeah, I uh, I'll listen to it over and over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a couple of months, thinking yeah. you know, is there a better way to say this? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's my thing. I might do three. I tell people I might do 300 listens. And even after, uh, even on the CD, there's a couple of songs on the CD after I recorded it and pressed it and everything. I thought, oh, this line would have worked better. That's (laughs) why I do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I do it. My, that's why I tell people I do not want to listen to my own music and go, oh, damn it. Missed it. Missed it. (laughs) Or, or it's pitchy or, um, you know, like we, I've got one, uh, right now, uh, that we're getting ready to release called my wings and, uh, man, there is one spot where I know I'm pitchy yeah. and I thought I had it right. And this thing has been done. It's been done for almost a month. Uh, and thank God I haven't released it because I would never be able to listen to that song again. Yeah. I take I, I run a lot of stuff by my current wife. Yeah, yeah. I, I value her opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, do you when you're writing? Do you have a circle of people that you will send things to? Mostly just her. Okay. I mean, Great. if somebody comes over to the house and they're interested in hearing what I, I'm doing, mm-hmm. I, I'll play it for for other musician friends and stuff, and, and you know. I generally, I think, get a, an honest opinion. I know I get an honest opinion from my wife. Right, 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 right. You know, if it's bad, she'll say, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't flow. It, it's not, yeah. not danceable. It's not this. It's not that. Yeah. I mean, she'll, she'll tell me the truth. Well, the truth and, you know, it's, well, everybody has an opinion. We all know that. But definitely... You know, I find when I am writing, like I'm in the middle of a book right now, I've got some core people. I have actually had to shrink my who I will let even in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I used to share with just anybody. Right. And especially scratches, you know, just for concept purposes. Hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And then, you know, I found, and maybe you've seen it too, you, you send somebody a scratch and uh, for those of you, you know, obviously scratch to track is what we're doing today, talking about from the start to the finish. Um, you send somebody a scratch and they don't really understand, hey, man, it's just me and my acoustic. And I'm just, you know, I just want to know, do you like the concept? Right. And they'll go, well, I can't hear your voice. And where's the drums? And what? I'm yeah. like, no, shut up. <laughs> well, I, I, I have a doll at my house and I, and I mix a lot of it down myself. And- yeah. Um, and then, you know, when I need a keyboard solo here, I send it to Bob. And right, Bob right, puts, right. He does it at his studio, sends it back to me. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I have it all professionally mixed and mastered yeah, and, yeah, and go yeah, from there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh, it's interesting. It's not funny. It's so interesting to me, these conversations. And I appreciate you being here. Is, uh, uh, to find out what, how, what everybody's – because not – Everybody has the same methodology. Everybody's got a different methodology, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, Dwayne Blackwell, who wrote obviously "Friends in Low Places," was a good friend of mine, and um, he's actually the only person I've ever seen write a song with a calculator. Really? I mean, yeah. He he wrote a song. He would write songs with. He knew you know syllable. Count. That's where I got my obsession with syllable counts and things like that. Yes, I I write to write right you know, mm-hmm. correctly, but then I'm also very mindful. And especially, um, is this song, I'm, is this something I'm going to send to be shopped? Um, then that's a more commercial song. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to write that differently than just one that I don't really give a crap what it yeah. is. It, you know, like, you know, there are songs that I don't even pay attention to that. Yeah, it, it's funny what inspires you to, to, to write a song. The, the first song on the CD is called Just a Ruse. And when I was in the financial services business, and this goes back to the uh, mid-80s, we had a poster on the wall, and the poster showed a guy in 1960 Mm -hmm. and saying, if I ever made 
40,000 year, I'll be on easy street. <laughs> and then the next side of the poster says 1980, they moved the street. <laughs> and, thought, and, and that's basically the first verse of the song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I was a young man, my teacher said I could be what I want and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And when I finally thought I'd made it, I found they moved the street. Right, right. And then a couple took it in a couple of different directions about love and politics and things. Right, so. right, right. But, it's just interesting to talk to people about how they write and where, you know, songs mm-hmm. came from and, you know, the different lines and, you know, even words, you know, why'd you choose that word? Yeah. Uh, you know, because I've, I've got people in my circle that I trust and, and you know, is there a better way, you know, am I describing it perfect? Am I using the right word? I, you know uh, what I do sometimes I get stuck on a line mm-hmm. and and the preceding line uh, I'll say I'll google what rhymes with absolutely whatever word and all of a sudden it gives I start what's another at, word for the, word thesaurus yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know all of a sudden you know I'll look through these and, and I'll find where I want to go yeah yeah so it's yeah we got we have lots of tools available to help us. Now. Oh my God! You know, <laughs> uh, having an open thesaurus or you know whatever. Yep. Sometimes people don't. You know, there's a lot. Sometimes very little work needs to go into a song, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they write themselves. Sometimes it just goes. I got one. You know, hearing other people. I mean, yeah. I listened to Billy Joel's channel uh, on Sirius Radio when it was right. on, and listened to him talk about writing songs and and, and he, he he openly says i wanted to write a song like this song right or that song you right. know and that's how he came up with a lot yeah. of this and, and, and i i find listening to other people gives me ideas for something i want to do right so. right sounds i mean anything i i think you can find everybody has some inspiration you know sure. different ways of finding it or you know, for me, when we were writing all those, uh, you know, taking dictation for all those songs, every day I made it a point. Every day I came here. This is work, and that's you know again why I had to put the sign on the door. Right. You know, people I think started getting the assumption that you know Paul's hanging out and drinking and just playing music. Well, <laughs> you know, it it's I took it as work. That, yeah. that this actually had to replace work for right. me. So I kept it the same thing. Getting here at six keeping a schedule mm-hmm. and uh as best i possibly could um have some sort of plan of how i was going to spend my day but you know i i'm going to write something down every day i'm going to tinker every day i'm going to find something my phone's filled with hundreds of melodies hundreds of melodies whether i wake up at three in the morning or whatever right. um and again i think the, that's what i love listening to you and, and and other people that i've done this with is you know the methodologies. You know, I've I, hell, I've gotten I've gotten rhythms and melodies off of windshield wipers and storms. <laughs> you ever done that? No. Just sounds like sounds <laughs> like all of a sudden you pick up on a you know that your windshield wipers doing something, and then all of a sudden the radio's making a sound, and it's all going. No, but I've listened to the washing machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, wow, that's a pretty damn cool sound. You know, I mean, I've done it. It's it's uh, where you get your inspiration in the world is crazy. But we've been talking to Steve Schmidt. I'm going to let Steve get on with his day. And uh, you can always come back home. And uh, just a great song. Thank and you. Uh, Steve, we, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll come back and join us. Uh, uh, Steve has a new song uh, that he's been working on. I didn't get into it, and I made the decision not to because he actually sent me to scratch, so I'm going to hang on to this. Okay. And once we get this, uh, you get it produced, or maybe this is one we can work on together and get produced for you. Uh, not, uh, not the man you thought I'd be. No. So, sounds interesting, and I don't even want to talk about it. I I don't. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. Um, Because it does sound interesting. So, uh, Steve Schmidt, uh, uh, where are you playing next? Uh, I know we got the September date, uh, the September 2nd date. uh, Yeah, this Friday, uh, uh, Fat Chance will be at the pub in Rookwood Pottery. That's 7, I think it's 7 to 10. That's a Saturday? That's Friday. Oh, that's Saturday, Friday. we're at uh, Pike in Woodlawn. That's 8 to midnight. Okay. 
All right. Eight to midnight, Pike and Woodlawn. Mm-hmm. And on Friday, the pub in uh, Rookwood. Yeah. Uh, and what time are you starting there? I think that's a seven to ten. Seven to ten. Great. Pretty that's sure. a good gig right there. Hmm? That's a good gig right there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. You get it's, to get home. Like I say, I mean, that's those gigs weren't available before COVID. Yeah. Well, <laughs> make sure if you go and uh, go and listen to Steve and his band there, and uh, Steve and his uh, his guys, and uh, uh, if there's a tip jar out there, make sure you shove some money in there uh, because guys, it it's, it takes a lot. He's playing from seven to ten, but that sounds like about a five uh, five thirty to uh, at least a. Uh, 11.30, quarter till midnight uh, day. About right, if, yeah. If, that, if my calculation's on packing up and getting yeah, the Yeah, by the time I get back home, yeah, it's probably, yeah, yeah. it's after 11. Yeah, sure. it's a long day. And, yeah. uh, you know, so yeah, they do get uh, paid by the venue a lot of times there, or most of the time. Uh, but, you know, shove some money down there and uh, help them out. Or, uh, do, you take st- do you take your CDs with you and sell them? Do I take what? Do you take your CDs with you and sell them when you're on? I have some, yeah. Okay, so go up to Steve and ask him for a CD. And uh, even if you don't listen, if you're going to listen on Spotify, still buy the CD. See how that works? You pay the 10 bucks for the CD, and then you stream it all you want all day long, but you got the CD. And like I tell everybody with our CD, if you don't use the CDs, use the QR codes. But you paid for the CD, now you got a coaster so you don't mess up your table. (laughs) So I've been Paul Jones. This has been uh, Scratch a Track on Bootleggers Music Group Radio. It is 11.05, if I'm looking at that right, on 8.24. Happy Hump Day, and I'm going to take you out of here with You Make Me by the Bootleggers Music Group. And uh, here you go, and then I'm going to go back to autopilot once this goes off. Thanks for joining us, and Steve, thank you very much. Thank you. Made me stop and think of what you are I watched every little move The way you looked at me, that sexy way you do The eyes of all the other guys Popping out the skulls as they realized I have something that they can't But you got me, baby, I'm your man You make me everything I am Everything I'll ever be Make it.